Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Shure Foundation Church. So glad that you're with us this morning. I'm Pastor John, and we're going to jump right into the Word of God. We're going to turn over here to the book of Psalm, Psalm chapter 121. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 121, and beginning with verse 1, and I'm going to read this in two different versions, first in the King James Version, and then I'll read in the New Living Translation. Uh, so Psalm chapter 121, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keeps thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Praise God. That's uh, the, the King James Version. And then the New Living Translation says in Psalm 121, so it's, it's a song of, for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel, you may as well put your name there. He who watches over your name never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Hallelujah. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would rise on the inside of me, that you would rise in this service, that you would rise upon your people. And we thank you, Lord God, that you would have your way. God of our God, Father of the uh, Father of glory, we thank you that you are speaking expressly through your precious Holy Spirit this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that your people's ears and our hearts are inclined unto you that you would speak freely, that you would speak expressly. And we thank you, Lord God, that we have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying unto us this day. Lord, we thank you that right now, wherever we are, that we are arrested, that we are settled, that we are grounded in the precious Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are revealing the truth of the word of God, that you are, that you are speaking expressly unto us, that you are speaking unto us that word in due season, that word fitly spoken like apples of gold and settings of silver. And we yield to your voice. And we thank you, Lord God, that we'll not be the same again, that we shall be strengthened with might by your spirit and our inner man. We thank you, Lord God, that, that we are taught and instructed in the word of God, and we are made wise unto salvation. And we thank you, Lord God, that our hearts are rejoicing because we are being cleaned by the water of the word. We are being washed by the water of the word of God this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, for the word in due season. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So glad that you're with us today. The Lord is going to speak uh, expressly this morning. And um, just want to remind you real quickly that you can find us at surefoundationchurchnj.org. You can subscribe on our, to our YouTube channel and follow us at Facebook at Shore Foundation Church NJ. And then um, you can follow us on Instagram at Shore Foundation Church. We encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our podcast and just listen to the word of God over and over and over again. Listen to it when you're at your best during the day. You know, if you can, listen to it at night as you go to sleep and just let the word of God get in your heart, get in your mind and watch what the word will do for you. Praise God. The message for today is finding grace to help. Hallelujah. Finding grace to get that help that we need. And I want to just encourage you this morning because I get a sense in my heart that the spirit of God wanted to 
just encourage some of us, whenever you're hearing this message, if you have felt like you have been completely and utterly spent in your body, in your mind, just overwhelmed with circumstances, um, that's not a good place to be. And it's one thing to be tired, but it's another thing to feel like your circumstances have the better of you, have the best of you and are swallowing you up and you're beginning to drown. You know, um, I can remember a time in my childhood when, when I was, you know, my, my, my mother had me at the community pool learning to swim and that feeling of being in deep water where you don't have your feet under you and you're not good at swimming yet and feeling like you're, you know, you, you don't, you're like you're going to drown. And that is one of the scariest things, one of the most helpless things. And it, it, it can cause a trauma. Well, some of us under the sound of my voice are in that place in our souls where we feel like we are beginning to drown a little bit. And that is a, that is a dangerous place. The Lord doesn't want us to be in the place where, like the word of God says, the streams or the pool water or the, you know, the, the river is going over our soul and we don't have our footing under us. That's a dangerous place. Um, and that's a place of not just being tired, that's a place of being completely overwhelmed or overtaken or feeling like you're overcome with whatever that thing is, whether it's grief, it could be just your circumstances, it could be just a, a time of trouble in your life. And it's not just that overwhelming sense of the trouble or the grief or the circumstances, it's the feeling of despair that comes with feeling like, oh my God, am I gonna even make it out of this? Am I, I'm drowning and I'm not sure I'm gonna make it. It's that fear um, that, that will come on us as a result of that. And God wants to deliver us from that. And I love the word because the word, you can find all of these things in the word. Just the Lord knows exactly where we are. And so I wanna take you over here to Psalm chapter 124. And, you know, I, I like the King James Version, but um, maybe we'll go back and forth today. Psalm chapter 124. So we're only going a, a couple, a few chapters down here. But this is a song of degrees, and this is David. And we know in the life of David that despite the fact that God gave him great victory over, over Goliath, and he becomes the king, and, and, you know, God uses him mightily as a great military general to protect God's people and to get the victory over some of these enemy nations, and, and, and David, you know, he, he worshiped the Lord and he, and he danced before the Lord. He wasn't ashamed. The Bible says that he was called a man after God's heart. You know, we know he had his, his areas of weakness, but overall he was a, a tremendous king, a tremendous person, a tremendous man of God. And, but he, he had his times where he was overwhelmed. And we can see that right here in Psalm chapter 124. It says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then verse four says, then the waters had overwhelmed us and the stream had gone over our soul. And I just kind of gave you the example about, we're talking this morning about finding grace for help, finding grace to help. And I gave you the example about what it's like, you know, as a, as a child, when you are in a pool and you haven't yet learned how to swim and you're not in three feet or four feet, your feet are not under you. And that helpless, scary, desperate feeling when you are knowing that you are like drowning, you don't, you know, you don't know what you're doing and the water is overwhelming you. And now you're under the water and you can't come back up. That is a terrible feeling. And we see that right in verse four, the waters have overwhelmed us. And the stream had gone over our soul. You know, it's one thing to be a little bit tired in your mind and your body, but it's another thing to be overwhelmed completely. And this will over this word overwhelmed, um, it's the Greek word satop, and it means to be rushed away. It means to be completely engulfed with something. It means that something is overflowing you, but not in a good sense. This overwhelm. In this, in this scripture, it's not in a good sense. It means to be washed over with whatever that circumstance is until we almost can't see your soul anymore. Your soul is completely overwhelmed. It means to be swept away. And the spirit of God, you know, God knows what it's like. You know, Jesus knows what it's like to be completely overwhelmed. You know, when you can tell when you're overwhelmed, when you start having things, manifestations, things that are happening in your body, in your mind, that are not 
usual. You know, when Jesus went to go and pray at the Garden of Gethsemane, we know that Gethsemane means wine press. You know, Jesus is the anointed one. At that moment, all the pressure was on the anointed one and his anointing. And it got to the point where Jesus was so overwhelmed that he started sweating great drops of blood. I think I told you in another message that I wouldn't be surprised if at the same time that Jesus was praying, he was gone before the Lord and he was overwhelmed because of the cup of, of iniquity being, being poured into him. He was literally at that moment becoming our sin, becoming our, 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 our inequities and our insufficiencies. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if at the same time that Jesus was sweating great drops of blood because he was under so much distress and so much duress that he was also crying. And those tears might've been bloody tears. But I only said that to say, we can tell when we're completely overwhelmed, we start having manifestations in our mind and in our body that are not usual. And that's that place of being overwhelmed. God does not want us to stay. There is a grace that God has for you and I. We can find grace and get and, and receive help when we are in those moments of being completely overwhelmed. And why can we find it? I'm glad you asked, Pastor John, because Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid for you to be not overwhelmed for an extended period of time. Jesus was overwhelmed so that we didn't have to be overwhelmed. I'm getting ahead of myself. But you remember when Jesus was on the cross and, you know, at that moment, the, 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 the most horrible moment was when he was finally all by himself. He was actually forsaken by the father of glory at that moment on the cross. When Jesus cries out and he says, Elo, Elo, um, uh, I can't, I can't even think of the, um, lama sabachthani, thank you, my wife is my helper, she's helped me out, um, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, and what it means is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, Jesus paid for, 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 for you and I never to be forsaken, in that he was forsaken on the cross, and that was the moment of horror for Jesus, that was when he screamed, and when he cried out, this is, this is the, the word that made all things, cried out because the father of glory had forsaken him he paid so that you and i don't ever have to experience what it's like to be forsaken even if we're overwhelmed hallelujah there's a difference between being tired versus overwhelmed and there is a difference between being overwhelmed versus being forsaken and hallelujah we you and i will never be forsaken even if we're overwhelmed at this moment we will never be forsaken because jesus paid that price for us glory to god be encouraged in that. We're talking about finding that grace for help. And my first point this morning is for you to remember when it comes to your circumstances that are, or whether it's trouble or whether it's grief or whether it's just a lot of stuff going on in your life to where it's beginning to overwhelm you, beginning to swallow you up, beginning to, 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 to wash you away. Or, or, or you're being, or you feel like you're being swept away where you don't have your feet under you anymore. You're not in control anymore. That's a terrible feeling. We're talking about finding that grace to help when we're in circumstances that are overwhelming. And the first point is that you wanna remember that you are not alone. Glory to God. That's first and foremost, is that you are not alone. I wanna turn over here to Joshua chapter one and verse nine. Hallelujah. And this is, uh, I love this, this verse. I love part eight, uh, verse eight, the one before this, but we're going to go to verse nine. It says, this is, and this is the father talking. <laughs> it's the father talking to Joshua. He says, have not I commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you whithersoever thou goest. There's a whole lot here, but where I want you to focus on is that the Lord is with you. You are not alone. In that season, in that circumstance of seemingly being swept away, being overwhelmed, being overtaken, being overcome, being overrun with whatever that thing is to where you, you're not just tired anymore. You are feeling like you are overwhelmed. The spirit of God wants to remind you that you are not alone. The Lord is with you. God has said that clearly, and we're going to see it again in a few, few more times, but it says here around part C of this verse, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go, whatever you're doing, the Lord is with you. And that's what whithersoever means. It means wherever you go, wherever, whenever you get there, and whatever you're doing when you get there, the Lord is with you. Hallelujah. Part A of this verse says, have I not commanded you? Be strong 
and take courage. You know, and, I, and that's the thing. A lot of times when, when circumstances are overwhelming like that, the enemy will sneak in and that's when he will tell you that, oh, what you gonna do now? Oh, you're all by yourself now. And that's that fear trying to come on you. And, you know, the enemy will try to discourage you. He'll try to use so many things happening at one time. And when and, and that feeling that you don't have your feet under you to make you feel discouraged, you know, discouraged. And why would we be discouraged if the Lord is with us? And he said, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Hallelujah. God says, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Don't let the enemy steal your heart. You know, that's what that word dismayed means. It means afraid to the point where your heart is shattered, where your faith is broken, where there has been uh, an abolishment of your trust in the in almighty God. That's what that word, neither be thou dismayed. God doesn't want us in that place of being dismayed. And we don't have to be in that place of dismay because the Lord is with us. He said, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Hallelujah. The Lord, thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Remember that you are not alone in that in those troubling circumstances that are not just troubling, they're overwhelming. You are not alone. I want you to see this again in Matthew chapter one and verse 23. This is what it says. We've seen this before. It says, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us or God with you. Hallelujah. Emmanuel, that's one of Jesus' names. Emmanuel interpreted is God with us. Glory to God. Do you realize that in the midst of your trouble and your overwhelming circumstances, in the midst of you being in that pool and feeling like you're drowning because you can't feel the floor under you, the Bible said that the Lord is with you right there in that moment. He's not going to let you drown. Hallelujah. You are not alone. Psalm chapter 124 we already have read this, but I love this because it says here in the first verse of Psalm chapter 124, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, uh, this will be a wonderful song. Then it says it again in verse two, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us or when your circumstances tried to overrun you, tried to overcome you, tried to overwhelm you, swallow you up you know, try to, try to sweep you away. It says, it says, then those things would have swallowed us up quick. My point though is in verse one, where it says that the Lord is on your side. The Lord is with you. That's the number one thing. You are not alone in that moment where it seems like everything is overwhelming you. The Lord is on your side. And if the Lord wasn't on your side, it would have been over real quick. You would have drowned real quick, but the Lord kept you. The Lord kept you alive. The Lord kept you safe. The Lord made sure that 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 uh, that that lifeguard was attentive, and you didn't get close to drowning. You know, you didn't you didn't lose consciousness. You know, you you didn't go all the way to the bottom of the pool. The Lord made sure that 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 lifeguard was 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 there, was present, or that you had, you know, a, a life jacket on to keep you to preserve you. You know, this, God, God is good like that. Just remember that you are not alone. And I want you to see in Hebrews chapter 13, and this is really good. Hebrews chapter 13, verse five says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you, as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the operative verse is that you are not alone. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse five, the, the end of the verse, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then verse six says, so, so that you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Glory to God. That word helper in the Greek, it means both, both us and it just means just the way it sounds, helper, a sister. It means um, succorer or succorer. Uh, that's another way of saying that that your, your special aid, you know, a person that is there to support you. God, meaning the Lord is the one when you feel like you're drowning, if you feel like you're in a situation where you're in a pool and it's, and the waters are going over your head and you're drowning, God is the one that will move the floor up to your feet until that water is back down to your neck or to your chest so that you can breathe. 
That's how good God is. God will, will take the floor that you can't feel under you or into your feet. God will raise that floor up. God will lower those waters. God has many ways to deliver us, to keep us safe. But the point is that he is our helper and that we are not alone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm not going to be long this morning. We're moving right along. Um, then my second point, and we're talking this morning about finding grace for help. I want to talk about this word help real quickly here, because we can, we're going to see this word help all throughout the word of God. But actually, let's, 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 let's turn over here to Psalm chapter 46. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 46 and verse one. And this is to the chief musician for the sons of Korah. It's a song upon Elamoth. Verse one says, God, he is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in time of trouble. Oh, oh my God. I love that. I love that. You know, a lot of times when something is, is in our lives that is overwhelming us, there's always that that sense that we're alone. Where does that sense of being alone in our trouble come from? That comes straight from the devil. The devil is real, it comes straight from the enemy because God is good. The Lord is with us. He's already said that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's already said that he'll be with us whithersoever we go, whatever we're doing, whenever we get there, um, however we go, the Lord is with us. So where does that feeling of being alone and being isolated, like we're not gonna make it come from, that comes from the devil. That comes from the lies of the devil. That comes from the, the intimidation of the devil with our circumstances, trying to tell us that our circumstances are stronger than we are, you know? Kind of like how Goliath towered over David, you know, but David knew that the Lord was with him, so he wasn't intimidated, even though those circumstances seemed like they towered over David, because in all reality, because David knew that God was with him, God, David through God was towering over Goliath. It looked like Goliath was towering over David, but because the Bible says God is with us, Emmanuel, God with us, you know, David wasn't alone. So really, because David was with Almighty God, David was towering over Goliath. It looked like Goliath was towering over David, but David was towering over Goliath because the Lord was with David. And it says here in verse one, God is our ref. God is our refuge. He is that one that is with us. He is our refuge. He is our strength. And I love that it says he is very present in time of trouble. Glory to God. The word is so rich. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. You know, the Lord doesn't waste any words in the word of God. Do you recognize that when you are in a circumstance, when you are in overwhelming trouble, when you are in a situation where those waters has gone, have gone over your soul, they have they have swept you away until you can't feel your feet under you, until you're questioning whether or not you're going to make it. The Bible says that the Lord is very present in that time. He's very present to help you. And what does this word help mean? This help word in, in, uh, in Hebrew, Ezrath, it means assistance. It means a person that is there as an aid. It means um, to to succor, to succor, or succor. I want to say succor. I may be mis mispronouncing it, but it, it, it means it means exactly what it sounds. It means assistance. It means aid. It means one that comes alongside. It means one that undergirds. It means that if you are losing strength and losing vitality, you know, you ever felt weak in your body? It's the it's when it's when you feel weak in your body to where you can't stand, and then that somebody else comes and they undergird you. They they help you stand up. They help you walk. They're strong enough in their own in their own body and in their own ability to be able to support your weight and, if necessary, carry you. Hallelujah! We're talking about finding that grace. There's a grace that God wants you and I to find that allows us to receive the help that He has for us. Because the Lord will never leave you alone. We already know that. That's our first point: is that you are not alone. The Lord is with you. He's on your side, according to Joshua. Uh, or excuse me, he is, he'll never, he'll, he'll, he will never leave you nor forsake you, according to Hebrews chapter 13, according to Psalm chapter 124, the Lord is at your side, according to Matthew chapter 123, God is with you, according to Josh chapter, uh, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, it says that the Lord is with you, whithersoever you go, so we know, that we know that we're not alone, and then our second point is that the Lord wants to be that refuge, he wants to be very present, in a circumstance where you are feeling overwhelmed. 
Hallelujah. We see that right here in Psalm chapter one, Psalm chapter 46 and verse one, that God is our refuge. Hallelujah. You know, that word refuge means that God would be your shelter. He'd be your, that word shelter is like shelter from, from, from a terrible rainstorm, you know, or, or shelter from a terrible danger and endangering circumstance. Or it might just be that word uh, uh, refuge, it just might mean shelter in a circumstance where you don't have a place to live, where you don't have a place to lay your head down, where there hasn't been any rest for you. The Lord wants to be that shelter. He wants to be that comfort. He wants to be, you know, there's, I, I don't think there's a, a, a greater example of refuge than when you're in a circumstance. I don't like to be cold. I, you know, if I, if I was out in the cold and it was 20 degrees and I didn't have a place to live and you know, all I had was my jacket and I'm freezing. I mean, for me, a refuge would be someone inviting me into their home, you know, and showing me a place where I can stay right by the fire and then giving me something hot to drink and something warm to eat and a blanket to, to cover me up. That is refuge. That's what the spirit of God will do for us. When we're in, we're out in the cold and we don't have a place to live. The Lord will bring us in. The Lord will take us in. And he will be our refuge. Like it says right here in, in Psalm chapter 46, the Lord is our, he's our refuge. Glory to God. He's our refuge. He's our strength. Glory to God. This word strength means that God will be our material or physical embodiment of, of, of might. You know, whatever it is that we need, God will give us that boldness. God will give us that security that we need. God will give us that empowerment that we need. That's what, that, that's what that, that word strength means, glory to God. Hallelujah, the Lord is your refuge. We're talking this morning about how God wants you to find grace to receive the help that he has for you. And, and you know, oh man, I don't wanna get ahead. Let me, let me stick on with what I'm saying. So we continue on in Psalm chapter 46 to verse two, it says, therefore, because the Lord is our refuge and our strength, he's our very present help in trouble, we're not gonna fear. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like a person who is in a season of, over, of being overwhelmed. You know, when you're overwhelmed, when it just seems like too many things are happening at once, you know, you're not a weak person. I'm not a weak person. I can handle a little bit of calamity. I can definitely handle some adversity. Wasn't, it's not the first time, won't be the last. I can handle some things coming my way that I got to deal with. But you know, when you're getting overwhelmed, when it seems like there are too many things to deal with at one time, when there are too many enemies coming at, you know, you're, you might be good, just you against somebody else, hand-in-hand -hand combat, you got to defend yourself, maybe even more than one person. But when there's too many things coming at you at once, that's a difficult time. That's when we feel overwhelmed. That's when we need help. That may, that's when we are feeling like we are being swept away. And God is saying this morning that there is a grace for those circumstances where you feel like Psalm chapter 46, you feel like the earth is removed. The mountains are being carried into the midst of the sea. The waters thereof are roaring and being troubled. The mountains are shaking and swelling thereof. Selah, there is a river, verse four, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the most high. We're going somewhere, stay with me. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her. There's that word help again. God shall help her. That word help, it's a different word help in Hebrew. It's azar. And it means not only is God going to aid and, 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 and assist you and support you, it means that God is going to do so with a, a, a level of empathy and love. It means that God, this word azar means that God is going to surround you with help. God is going to protect you. God is going to, in the same way that you feel overwhelmed, with all these things, this word Azar means that God is getting ready to overwhelm you with support. God is getting ready to overwhelm you with aid. God is getting ready to overwhelm you with help. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is getting ready to, to wrap a blanket of his love. And, you know, you know, this word Azar, if I could picture it, it would be, it would be you being overwhelmed with circumstances. And then God come and wrap a blanket of help around you that has everything in it. It has healing in it. It has deliverance in it. It got some food in it. It's got some warmth in it. And most of all, you can sense God's love. Hallelujah. That's what this word help means. This word Azar. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's what it says right here in verse five. God is in the midst of her. 
uh, excuse me, um, um, yes, verse five, God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved, God shall azar her, God shall surround her with love, God shall surround her with aid, like a blanket, God shall wrap you up around help, around aid, around support, around healing, around deliverance, around love, around warmth, and then it says, and that right early, glory to God, Verse six says, the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah, verse eight says, come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he has made in the earth. Verse nine, he makes the wars to cease until the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in sunder. He burns a chariot in the fire. Stay with me. Verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The second point is that not only will the Lord be your refuge, but in you being still, you can recognize the Lord better. We saw in, in verse one of Psalm chapter 46, that God said that he wants us to be, that, that he wants us Lord, to, uh, wants us to, he wants us to be still. He wants us to, that word be still, it, it kind of means that we are acknowledging who God is. We are acknowledging the fact that Lord, that the Lord is by our side, that the Lord is with us, with us wherever we go, like we saw in Joshua chapter one and verse nine, that the Lord will not leave us nor forsake us, like we saw in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse five. You know, it's, it's us taking the time to remember, according to Matthew chapter 123, that the Lord, he is, that God is with us. That's what Emmanuel means. His name means that he is with you. Glory to God. Just in case you forget, every time you call in the name of the Lord, you're saying, the Lord is with me. When I, when I call on Jesus, another one of his names is Emmanuel. When I worship Emmanuel, I'm remembering and I'm glorifying him that he is with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And so when we, are, when we go to uh, verse 10 here, where it says, be still, you know, this word, it just means to on purpose be weak. It means to, to be feeble. You know what this means? This means to be like a child, to roll over all your weight. It's that type of, of a trust in Almighty God. It means to sink down and remember that I don't need to be overwhelmed. The Lord is with me. If I'm overwhelmed right now, it's okay because the Lord is with me. Hallelujah. This word still, it means to sink down. It means to relax now, this is, you know, this is the almighty God, because only almighty God will tell you, will tell me in the time where our circumstances are, are, are sweeping us up and are trying to overwhelm our, overwhelm our soul, only the spirit of God would say, be relaxed. Only the spirit of God would say, let yourself drop, you know, sink down and, 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 and trust in me wholeheartedly. Be weak and let me be strong for you. That's what the spirit of God is saying. When you see this word, be still. He's saying, be still. And, and there's also something in us being still and knowing that he's God, that it allows us to take a moment, not to be so focused on all those things that are overwhelming us, but to be focused on almighty God, because we are being still. Hallelujah. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. You know, when we are overwhelmed, a lot of times, what it is, is it's our circumstances, it's the number of things going on at once that are being exalted, that, that, are, that, are, that are feeling like they are bigger than us, that are, that are going over our head and making us feel like we're drowning. But when we are still, when we just relax, you know what, that's, that's the spirit of God telling you, you don't have to drown. If you relax good enough, you'll float. Hallelujah. You won't, if you relax good enough, if you just relax your muscles and be still and recognize that I'm right here with you, that you're okay, you, you'll, be able to, you'll be able to rise up and float with, and without even moving a muscle. It'll be effortless. Hallelujah. That's God's goodness and his mercy. We're talking this morning about finding that grace because this is truly a grace from God that we have help anytime we need it. I mean, can you think of anybody in your life that you have that much grace with that whenever you need help, whenever, not only are they willing, but they're able whenever you have help. You may have some people in your life that, that you think are willing, no matter what happens, but I can tell you right now, they may not always be able, but God is so good. This grace is so strong that God has given us to wanna help us, to be there, to help us, to have the capability to help us, but because of the price that Jesus paid, 
it's our right for God to help us. God is actually telling you this morning that there's a grace that you should expect God to help you when you are overwhelmed. You should expect and you should know that you are not going to drown, that it would be God breaking the law. It would be God messing up and, and God ceasing to be God for you not to get that help that, that he has ordained for you to have. There's a grace for you to have that help. Glory to God. I want to take you to another, just in case you don't believe it, let's go to Exodus chapter 14. We'll see it here. Exodus chapter 14 and verse nine. We know what this story of the, you know, this, this, uh, this story at the Red Sea where God's people are getting ready to get killed. They are overwhelmed. They are literally overwhelmed. Um, verse nine says the Egyptians pursued after them, all the horses too, and the chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overwhelmed them. It says and overtook them and camping by the sea beside Pihahiroth and before Baal Zephon. Verse 10 says, but when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. They were completely overwhelmed. They felt like they were about to be swallowed up quick. They knew that the wrath of the Egyptians was kindled against them. Like it says in Psalm chapter 124 and verse two, they knew that they were overwhelmed they are about to be swept away, and this was too much for them. Verse 11 said, and they said unto Moses, now they were acting up, because there were no graves in Egypt, you took us all the way out here to die. Oh, okay, now they're, now they're, being, they're being smart, they're being um, belligerent, wherefore hast thou dealt thus, uh, basically they, they tell Moses, why have you treated us this way? Why have you carried us out of Egypt? They're acting up, we, we know they're acting up. Verse 12 says, and that's what happens when we get overwhelmed, you know, we start getting manifestations in our body, in our mind. Jesus was sweating great drops of blood. I told you, I think he was probably crying, tears, bloody tears too. You know, you can tell when you're overwhelmed where you start snapping at people. You're snapping at your family. You know what I mean? You, 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 know, you're, you know, some of you are, are uh, you, may, you may be a person that always has grace on your lips. You get overwhelmed, you might start cursing. You know what I mean? You, you, you start treating people a certain kind of way or you might be not treating yourself well. You stop taking care of yourself. You stop, you know, you, you know, your, your, your hair is not right like it normally is. You know, your, your, your appearance is not quite right. You can tell when you're overwhelmed, there are, there are manifestations. In this case, the children of Israel, we can't hate on them too much because we, we just like them. They were overwhelmed and they start talking crazy. They start cursing. They start telling Moses, Moses, you ain't no pastor. You ain't no man of God. You took us out of Egypt. You are a fraud. That's what they were telling them. You are a fraud. And I don't know about God at this point. For God to, 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 God don't even make any sense. Why would God deliver us? This is how they were talking. Why would God take us out of the Egyptians, give us all their money so they can go, so they can come and find us and run us down and kill us? And they start talking crazy. That's what happens when you get overwhelmed. You start talking crazy. This is what they were doing. Verse 11. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did? They, then they start saying, I told you this was going to happen. I knew, you know. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptian. You see how crazy we get? We start talking like, you know, you know, I can tell if I'm getting overwhelmed. I start talking like, woe is me, I'm undone. And you know, my life is a mess when God has blessed me over here with a wonderful wife and all these beautiful children and they're healthy and God has given me a, a nice house and all those things. That aside, God has given me wisdom. God has healed my body. God has. I've gotten to see God's hand of grace and favor and mercy in my life. I've seen miracles follow me, follow my faith because my faith was going forward. I've seen all of that. But but yet and still, when you get overwhelmed, you start feeling like, oh, man, I'm a mess. You know, my, my life is is, is is terrible. That's what, that's what happens when we get overwhelmed. We start talking crazy. So don't hate the Egypt. Don't, don't hate the Israelites too much because that's you and me, too. But then verse 13, this is my operative verse here. Verse 13 says, and Moses said unto them, fear you not. And you look what he says. He says, stand, there's that word again, still. Moses said, relax. He said, roll over all your weight and care on the Lord. You know, I, I love the spirit of God because when a lot of stuff is coming at you, a lot of enemies coming at you all at one time and it's overwhelming, you know, you would think that the Lord would give you a word for every one of those enemies, that he would give you a sword or an action to take for all the different things that are overwhelming you at one time. But you know, God doesn't do that. You know what God does? He gives you one word. He says, relax. He says, be still. I love how simple God gives you 
how simple the instructions are. Because when you're overwhelmed, the last thing you need is five steps to deliverance over here and three steps to deliverance over there and the ABCs of freedom over here. Nope, God just says, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show you this day. For the Egyptians that you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Look at God. God ain't playing. The Lord says, oh, let, let, me, let, me, let me be more civilized here. <laughs> but look how good God is. The Lord is so faithful and so merciful and such a mighty God. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. He says, and this is Old Testament. This is under the Old Covenant. Moses says to the, to the Israelites, the enemies, the Egyptians that you have seen today, first he says, you're not going to see them again. Then he says, no more will you see them again. Then he says, forever no more will you see them again. Look at, look at the grace of God. Look at the mercy of God. Look at that, that grace that God has given us to help us, to show, to show how much he cares, to show his love. And where it says stand still, this word stand still is a, is a Hebrew word, yasab, and it means to set your feet in place where you are and don't move. I love that about the spirit of God, because when everything is coming at us as a reflex, we got We feel like we got to do something. We got to do something. Not only do we have to do something, we got to do something here and there and there and there and there and there all at the same time. And we're already overwhelmed. And God is so good. He says, stand, yasab. He says, stand, set your feet, set your place where you are and be stationary. Spirit of God says, don't even move. And he says, you just watch what I do now. Mm, hallelujah. I mean, if you want to talk about the power of God, if you want to talk about the power of prayer, to me, there is no greater power than for the spirit of God to tell me, you stop working now, John. I got this. Hallelujah. I mean, if that doesn't make you lift your hand, the Lord would tell me, if the Lord tells me to stand still and watch his salvation, the only thing that I might not listen to the Lord on is I'm going to have to give God a praise. I got to do, I got to at least do that while the Lord is telling me to, to, to stand still and see his salvation so that the Egyptians, so that the enemies that I'm seeing right now, I'll never see again, no more ever. I'm going to give God some praise because the Lord is telling me to just be still. Hallelujah. That word still means to set your place, to set your feet and to be in a stationary place and don't even move. Hallelujah. God is telling you, not, nothing left for you to do. You've been overwhelmed long enough. I got this now. He says, stand still. Hallelujah. And then here's my last point I'm closing. Last point is that when it's time for you to find that grace to receive the help that God wants you to receive today for whatever is overwhelming you, you know what God wants you to do? He wants you to be sanctified. He wants you to, to set yourself apart. He wants you to come to him. Glory to God. Now, this is powerful. I want you to see this real quickly because a lot of times what I'm talking about right now is sanctification. And most believers, when you hear sanctification, you're like, oh God, oh God, I gotta be, you know, let me get myself together. I gotta be right. You know, I gotta make sure I'm, I'm, I'm holy before God. And we know that the, the word it says, you know, we know that God says be holy for I'm holy. But I want you to see what sanctification really is. In 2 Corinthians chapter six, we're talking about finding the grace to help. And the last point is sanctification. Second Corinthians chapter six and verse 16 says this, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk and God wants to dwell. He wants to live in you and God wants to walk in you and God wants to be your God. He doesn't just wanna be almighty God that you call on, that you pray to, on a Sunday or when you get in trouble or when, you know, you are, are on a roll and you've been in the word, he don't want to just be that guy. He wants to be your guy. He wants to be the person that is always on your mind. You know, God, you, you, you're in a word enough. The Lord will always be on your mind. He won't be far from your thoughts. He wants to be your God and he wants you to be his family and they shall be my people. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 16, verse 17 says, wherefore, <clears throat> because of this, watch what God says. He says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. 
verse 18 says, and, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Pastor John, what are you talking about? What does this have to do with finding grace to help? Because when we talk about sanctification, what we're talking about is coming to the Father. And really what sanctification is, all sanctification is, good people, is clinging to God. You know, I remember when my children were really small. One of the things that is a blessing of a parent is watching your children grow. But one of the sad things for a parent is watching your children grow. Because when they were really small, they were clingy. They wanted to be around you all the time. My, 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 my youngest daughter, Jordan, would, I would watch her. If, if I left the room or my wife left the room, Jordan would leave the room immediately and come and not even really be talking to us. She would just leave. The, if Adrian went from our bedroom into the other room where we would like have our clothes and iron and stuff like that and to go do something, Jordan would come right behind her, but not even be talking to Adrian. <clears throat> she would just be with her on her play phone with her doll doing her toys, but she just wanted to be around my, my wife, even though she wasn't talking to her. She was doing her own thing, but she was clinging. She was around her mother all the time. And there's something so endearing about that as a parent. You just love that your child who looks like you, who is an extension of you, who is your seed, just wants to be around. Now, we're just people. Imagine almighty God. God likes us to cling to him. That's all sanctification is, people of God. It's not you trying to be perfect. It's not you, um, you know, forsaking other things that are more fun so you can come and, oh, let me go and be in God's presence. No, because when we cling to God, we recognize that God is our life source. Did you know that sanctification, it's not a commandment. Sanctification is a privilege. Sanctification is a grace from Almighty God that Jesus paid for. We don't have to be sanctified. We get to be sanctified. We get to cling to God just like a child so that he can be a father unto us so that we can be his son and his daughters. Sanctification, what that does, that allows us to always be around and clinging to God. And when you're always around clinging to God and you need help, you almost don't have to ask for it. The help is there for you before you ask. Because Jordan was already always sanctified, she was always connected. When, I think, when, you, when, you, when you think sanctification, just think connection. God wants us to be connected to him and disconnected from things that are not like him. So my daughter Jordan was always connected to her mother. So if she fell and hurt herself, it was easy for her to receive help. She didn't even have to call because she was in Adrian's presence the whole time. She, Adrian was at her aid before she could cry and ask for it. She, Adrian was ready with the band-aid, ready with the comfort, ready with the empathy, ready to sweep her up and love on her because she was always clinging. She was always sanctified. She was always set apart. She was always um, connected to Adrian. That's what the spirit of God wants for you and I. He wants us to, to be always connected to him, to come to the Father and just stay in the Father's presence. If we stay there, then when we are overwhelmed, when we need help, the Lord will be there for us. This is what the way it says in, in the book of Hebrews chapter four, excuse me, verse 14, says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. I'm closing, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as like as we are, yet without sin, and then verse 16 says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That is sanctification. You know, you can't come to the throne of grace unless you are connected to God. God wants you to be clinging to him. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Why? Here it is, that we may obtain mercy and find grace, hallelujah, to help, hallelujah, in time of need. Glory to God. We're going to worship the Lord for just a few moments, and then I want to come back, and I want to pray for you. Glory to God. Just stay with us. We're going to worship the Lord. Glory to God. Just lift your hands wherever you are in acknowledgement of God's presence right now. The Holy Spirit is rising right now. The Holy Spirit is resting upon us right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that as we go face to face with you in your word, we thank you, Lord, that you have spoken expressly unto us. We thank you, Lord God, that we have found that favor. We have found that grace 
that allows us to receive help whenever we need it. Hallelujah, however we need it. We thank you, Lord God, that we don't have to be overwhelmed by our circumstances this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that, that if it had not been for you on our side, then had our enemies, then had our circumstances, our trouble, our, 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 our the things that we contend with, they would have swallowed us up quick. But we thank you, Lord God, that you are with us. You will never leave us nor forsake us. You are with us whithersoever we go. You are, we thank you, Lord God, that your name is Emmanuel. Hallelujah, because you are with us. Hallelujah, you are with me right now in the midst of my trouble. We give you glory and we give you praise for it. And we thank you, Father God, that the blood of Jesus is over every man, every woman, every person under the sound of my voice. We thank you, Lord God, that we are strengthened with might, not by our own power or our own ability, but by your spirit within us. We are strengthened with might by your spirit. And we thank you, Lord God, that you have made us to, to reign over our trouble, that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, who loved us and gave himself for us. We thank you, Lord, that you even paid for the for the, you even paid the price for us never to be forsaken, that we can never be forsaken by Almighty God because Jesus was forsaken on the cross. When he said, oh my God, why have you forsaken me? Lord, he knew that he was, Jesus, you knew you were paying the price so that we would never have to experience what that's like. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are with us in the midst of our trouble to deliver us out of our trouble. And we give you glory, Lord, that we cling to you we cling to your presence. We thank you for the blessing of sanctification. That sanctification is not just a commandment or a rule, but that it is a privilege and that it is a favor from Almighty God to be able to be constantly set apart for you and clinging unto you and in your presence on a regular basis. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are our helper. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. So glad that you joined us today. We encourage you in the Lord and we hope to see you next time. Lord bless you. Amen.